Welcome to a Swifty Snapshot Podcast. Hi, I'm Silver. This is a Taylor Swift podcast about her songs. From her debut album, to her ninth studio album, to her re-records, Taylor's version, and beyond. Each episode will go through an individual Taylor Swift song, include guest appearances from fellow Swifties, and touch on current Taylor news or Easter eggs. Jump then fall with lifelong Swifty Silver as she shakes it off, occasionally does something bad, and becomes even more enchanted with Blondie. Are you ready for it? Welcome to a Swifty Snapshot Podcast. Hi, I'm Silver. First, I want to wish you all a happy Valentine's Day. Happy February 14th, and may your day be filled with love in whatever shape or form that means to you. Also, I would like to wish us a happy 10th episode of A Swifty Snapshot. I can't believe that we already are on episode 10. It's been so much fun going through each and every song of Taylor's, and as you know, there are many more, so I am excited that this is only the beginning. Special thanks to Captain Fisman for his guest appearance on last week's episode, Should Have Said No. Thank you so much, Captain, for not only your willingness to re-record when there were technical difficulties with the initial recording, but also for your input and point of view on Taylor. Now, today's episode will feature track number 10 from Taylor Swift's debut album, Mary's song, Oh My My My, in parentheses. This song was written by Taylor Swift, Liz Rose, and Brian Maher, produced by Nathan Chapman and Chad Carlson, and it was released on October 24th, 2006, with the rest of the album. Taylor describes the song as follows. I wrote this song about a couple who lived next door to us. They'd been married forever, and they came over one night for dinner, and were just so cute. They were talking about how they fell in love, and got married, and how they met when they were just little kids. I thought it was so sweet, because you can go to the grocery store, and read the tabloids, and see who's breaking up, and cheating on each other, or just listen to some of my songs. But it was really comforting to know that all I had to do was go home, and look next door to see a perfect example of forever. The hidden message in this song is sometimes love is forever and that is the sentiment that a childhood love stuck around. Let's get into it. This has a beautiful individual guitar melody intro. Once a Swifty hears it, there's no doubt in their mind what song we are in for. This also is one of the first songs that Taylor writes specifically about a character, I would say. I would qualify this in that style that Taylor uses. However, disclaimer, she uses it a lot more frequently in her later music library than in her earlier. This is kind of a one-off foreshadowing preview. Songs I would compare this to are The Last Great American Dynasty or Betty from Folklore. Also, Marjorie or Dorothea from Evermore. I would even venture to say it's similar to The Lucky One from Red, Taylor's version. It's that 
fictional storybook style that lends itself to these types of songs that puts Mary's song in the same category as those other ones. We get her name in this song, Mary. It's in the title and only in the title, but we don't get his name. So I took the liberty. We're going to name him. And if you don't like my choice of name, then let's have a discussion or even a vote on it. So I chose to name him something simple. We have Mary for her, something very simple, something very classic. So I wanted something that was equal in that regard. So I chose the name Tom. Of course, his name is Thomas, but he goes by Tom. I wanted a Tom and Mary. I wanted further details on their story. And so I chose to name him Tom. Let's start with verse one. She said, Mary said, I was seven and you were nine. That means that Tom and Mary are two years apart. And we get that reference again later on to their age gap. So we begin with young pre-adolescent Tom and Mary. I looked at you like the stars that shined in the sky, the pretty lights. These opening lyrics are so reminiscent of Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw, as you all know, starts out as he said, the way my blue eyes shined, put those Georgia stars to shame that night. I looked at you like the stars that shined in the sky, the pretty lights. Taylor loves a stargazing moment. She loves a night sky. This leads me to believe that Tom and Mary were either A, in a time period before there was light pollution in crowded suburban city environments, or they lived in the country. And when we get to a later lyric in the song about creek beds, I believe that my second theory of a country setting is the correct one. So let's paint the picture. I like to think that they have side-by-side houses in the country. Now, country neighbor houses doesn't necessarily mean literally side-by-side. It could literally mean down the road, a ways away, a kilometer or a mile, if you will. But I see Mary and Tom out in a field, and I'm putting it at Mary's house, and that'll be important later when we come back to that detail. Mary's house, large field in the back, They are laying amongst the tall grass, looking up at the night sky. I looked at you like the stars that shined in the sky, the pretty lights. Mary looks over at Tom and there's something there. Maybe due to her age, she doesn't understand it all. She doesn't understand the entire dynamic of what it could be, what it will be. But she looks at Tom in a way that's different than she would look at anybody else. And our daddies used to joke about the two of us. Growing up and falling in love, and our mama smiled and rolled their eyes and said, oh, my, my, my. We get a partial title lyric here, and that's the only version of the title that we will have in the lyrics. We won't ever get the Mary song part, just the oh, my, my, my part. We'll come back to this in verse two, but this is the moms making fun of the dads. The dads are joking around, saying, oh. Tom and Mary, wouldn't it be wonderful if they grew up? They're going to fall in love. Look at all the time they spend together playing outside in that field. We'll get further details of their play locations. And the moms are just being like, oh, my, my, my. They, they're discrediting almost what the dads are saying. 
in this section of the song. Almost like they have more intel, <laughs> which let's give it to them. They probably do. So Tom and Mary's mom's rolling their eyes at Tom and Mary's dad's. Then we get our first chorus. Take me back to the house in the backyard tree. I went down an imaginary rabbit hole for this backyard tree. Do we think that there was a swing off of one of the large branches? Do we think that there was a full tree house that was built that they would spend hours in? Or do we simply think that it was just climbing the tree? I can see it all so clearly in my mind what this could be. Maybe it could be all three. It could be climbing the tree. It could be a swing at a treehouse. I think my favorite choice of that is honestly, I know that you might think the treehouse because then you can hold sentimental tokens and mementos in there. But I honestly just like the climbing tree, just a simple tree. And they could sit in the branches for hours on end, up and down, up and down. Maybe that's because it's reminiscent of my childhood. I didn't have a treehouse, but I climbed a lot of trees. So maybe that's why I am putting that to the storyline. But I like it. And it is my podcast, so I guess I get to take that liberty. Said you'd beat me up. You were bigger than me. This is the if you like someone, you'll tease them trope. We often see this assigned to a schoolyard situation. You never did. You never did. Even though Tom basically threatened to beat up Mary and could have because he was bigger than her. Obviously, he never did. It was just teasing. It was his only way of expressing his feelings towards her in this moment. Take me back when our world was one block wide. So there we go. We have some geography references. So remember how I said, oh, it could be in a country setting. It could be a mile away between the two houses, but obviously they were on the same block. I would still like it to be a more of a country setting with fields and forests and trees, but the whole term of a block does lend itself to a suburb type living situation. But that doesn't mean that there's a field behind the fences, behind the living residences. I dared you to kiss me and ran when you tried. Just two kids, you and I. Oh my, 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 my. We get Mary's return on her ability to flirt with Tom at the second half of the chorus. So the first half of the chorus is Tom's version of flirting, saying he's going to beat Mary up and doesn't. And the second half of the chorus is Mary's version of flirting, saying, oh, I dare you to kiss me, and then runs away when he tries to. Just two kids. The just two kids part of this first chorus is the explanation for their versions of flirting. We don't get that again in the song. We don't get this type of dynamic. It changes as they age. Now, when it's their moms talking about them, there's only three uses of the word my. When it's the end of the chorus, and it seems to be Mary's version, she adds another my. So there's four of them. That is an interesting songwriting technique because it showcases the whole phenomenon of different versions of memories. When Mary is talking about what their moms would say, she only included three mys. But when she herself is retelling the story, she includes four. I, I love the subtle use of that very deep technique by Taylor. Let's move on to verse two. Well, I was 16 means Tom was 18. 
I was 16 when suddenly I wasn't that little girl you used to see, but your eyes still shined like pretty lights. Now, there's a moment in this song where Taylor lets us really run with our imagination in regards to the details of the story. Did Tom have a period of distance from Mary in that he didn't see her anymore at all? Or was he always devoted? It was just his feelings changed from a childhood friend to then a potential partner. I think I would lend myself to the narrative that he had a period of distance. I feel like that's a very natural progression of of life. You have a childhood friend, you grow apart, and then all of a sudden you come back together and you don't see them the way that you used to see them anymore. I feel like that was the story for Tom and Mary. And our daddies used to joke about the two of us. They never believed we'd barely fall in love. And our mamas smiled and rolled their eyes and said, oh, my, my, my. This is very interesting. The subtle differences in comparison to verse one. In verse one, the daddies used to joke and it was almost like the mothers didn't believe it. But in this one, it's showcasing that the daddies didn't believe it actually happened. Whereas the mothers are saying that they knew all along. That's the juxtaposition of the two endings of the two verses. Let's move on to the second chorus. Take me back to the creek beds we turned up. The pure exploration and adventures of the childhood is so summed up perfectly in that one line. Growing up in a country environment, that is what your childhood is like. It's playing (laughs) by the creek bed, making up stories, having scavenger hunts for different miscellaneous items, creating forts. It's just that one line, but within that one line, Taylor paints a whole picture of what Tom and Mary's childhood was like. 2 a.m. riding in your truck. We get our first 2 a.m. reference. This is the first one ever. And oh my, what a legacy it will build. But this is the first one. First one on the album and first one in the entire discography. 2 a.m., feel like I should have some sort of sound effect or something just to pay homage to this sacred time of day that Taylor utilizes in her songwriting. But I digress. 2 a.m. riding in your truck and all I need is you next to me. Again, another Tim McGraw parallel and all I need is you next to me shows that Tom and Mary have started dating. So again, I like to think that Because he was two years older than her between his time period of 16 to 18 and when Mary was 14 to 16, they were distanced. They did not hang out. However, once she turned 16 and he was 18, they started dating. And that was the second beginning of their story. Because then we get further details of their love story. Take me back to the time we had our very first fight. The slamming of doors instead of kissing goodnight. You stayed outside till the morning light. Oh my, 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 my. This second half of the second chorus reminds me of the bridge in mine from Speak Now. I would like to think that this is the only time that they fought in this manner. Obviously, they had subsequent fights. And we know this with Taylor's use of the word first. 
But I would like to think there was only one of this type of fights. The whole waiting outside all night, slamming doors in their face. I would like to think that this was a learning point for Tom and Mary in that they were like, okay, that was horrible. When we disagree in the future, let's resolve it in this manner, not in the manner that we just used. We get, and this is a different layout that Taylor uses, we get half of a verse. We get verse three, but it's only half the length of the other two. A few years had gone and come around. We were sitting at our favorite spot in town, and you looked at me, got down on one knee. I like to think that the favorite spot is a local diner, just lends itself to the whole nostalgic part of their story. Then we get the final chorus. Take me back to the time when we walked down the aisle. Our whole town came and our mamas cried. You said I do and I did too. Picturing a little white church for them to be married in. Take me home where we met so many years before. I want to point out the use of the word home. In the first chorus, Mary refers to it as the house, a house. In the final chorus, she refers to it as a home. So even though it was still the house that she grew up in, she doesn't refer to it as a home until her and Tom get married and move in there. Take me home where we met so many years before, highlighting the whole next door neighbor narrative. We'll rock our babies on that very front porch. Has to be a porch swing. It simply has to. After all this time... You and I. Another great juxtaposition of an earlier lyric, just two kids, you and I. After all this time, you and I. Shows not only the aging, but more so the maturity of the story. Then we finish with the beginning. We've talked about Taylor's use of this songwriting technique before, where she ends a song, how she starts it. I'll be 87, you'll be 89. So... Interesting little fact, I always listen to the song as in Mary is telling it when she is 87, but with the use of the future verb, I'll be 87, you'll be 89, means that that's not the age that Mary is when she's telling the story. So the current age of Mary is left open to interpretation. I think most of us listen to it thinking that she is further along in age closer to 87 than farther away from it. But we have no confirmation of that. It is very much left open to the listener's interpretation. I'll still look at you like the stars that shine in the sky. Oh my, my, my. Only three my's. I know I said that Taylor had a distinct use of three versus four, depending on where in the song and who was talking about it. But I like to think that this is a little homage to their mothers. No musical outro, it's just that last my fading out. This song means to me, it's a fictional, somewhat The Notebook-esque style love story. It's a beautiful narrative that Taylor invites us into, and she paints this beautiful picture that we can all settle into for a time. Let's talk Taylor's trends. This is the part of a Swifty snapshot where we highlight specific trends that Taylor uses in her lyrics. We have six potential trends to assign to the lyrics. We have the weather trend, the colors trend, the calendar trend, the time of day trend, the style trend, and the literary trend. Let's see what trends Taylor uses in this song. 
We have one trend today, and I know you all know what I'm going to say already. That is the time of day trend. I kind of spoiled it when I made such a big fuss about it earlier in this episode. But our first mention of 2 a.m. is our one and only Taylor's trend for this song. This week's version of Taylor. Join me every week to discuss breaking Taylor news, whether that's spottings, Easter eggs, social media presence, or general Taylor news. Let's see what she's been up to this week. We have so much Taylor news this week. So we all know that Taylor is the first ever global record store day ambassador. She was named that a few weeks ago. Record store day is on April 23rd this year. And then this week, it was announced that the man from Lover will be featured in the RSD compilation album. The album is titled Portraits of Her. There will be 16 songs from 16 artists, respectively. Now, the question I have is, when Taylor was announced as the ambassador, it was also teased that she will have a special release for Record Store Day. Is this inclusion of the man on this album is that the specialties or is there going to be something else i think we'll have to wait and see next taylor was spotted hanging out with her family in new york we got a photo op she was carrying a notebook and a mini keyboard which led to much speculation on the internet from every Swifty and all the fans. She was wearing a mask. We love a masked queen. She was wearing a black blazer coat, brown crossbody bag, and loose dark denim jeans. What was she doing in New York and what was she writing and planning is the question on everybody's mind. Taylor reached 100 million likes on TikTok. And speaking of TikTok, 1989 songs from the original album, not the deluxe album, are no longer available as sound options on TikTok, leading fans to believe that 1989 Taylor's version will be released soon. I don't know. I get a little skeptical of all the Easter eggs, but it is very telling that an entire album just disappeared as an audio option on TikTok. Slightly suspicious. Next, Taylor was nominated for Video of the Year at the American Country Music Awards for I Bet You Think About Me featuring Chris Stapleton, Taylor's version from The Vault. This music video was directed by Blake Lively and starred Taylor Swift herself and Miles Teller. The ACM Awards airs on March 7th on Prime Video and you know that we'll be watching. Congrats Taylor for the nomination and we hope you win. Finally, and I saved the best for last, I think you all know what I'm going to say, but we got the collaboration between Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran. The Joker and the Queen featuring Taylor Swift. It was released this week and oh my goodness, what a release it was. The original song is from Ed's Equal album that was released in October 2021. It is the fourth collab between Taylor and Ed and 
It is a sequel to the Everything Has Changed music video that was released in 2013, even going so far as to use the same actors from that music video. Ava Ames and Jack Lewis reprised their roles for the Joker and the Queen music video. The music video showed a real text exchange between Sharon and Swift. If you pause or just search on the internet, you can find the details of their text conversation there. Taylor posted on Insta stories about the music video. She said, congrats at Teddy's photos. This video made me think of our friendship all these years. Pleading face emoji. Also can't believe Jack and Ava from the Everything Has Changed video came back and did this. Exclamation point, exclamation point, nostalgic heaven, exclamation point. If you haven't had a chance to watch the music video, run there. Pun intended. That's all for this week's version of Taylor, Taylor's Trends, and Mary's Song, Oh My, My, My. Next week, we will be discussing track number 11 and the final track from the original album, Taylor Swift, our song. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on all the platforms so you don't miss any content or episodes. And on that note, come back, be there. <laughs>